Time again for scaring and sharing. Yes, the podcast where we share spooky news and frightful views with each other and you about all things horror. It's spooky season. It really is. <laughs> We're really into it now. Oh my god, I love it. And we are the Scare Boys. We are here with you today, and I am here today with Jeremy the Original, Sasquatch, Slim Rusk. And you are Randy Joe Planbeck, the Flaming Scream Queen himself. We both have, that's right. We both have coffee. Clink. Yep. Clink, clink. How art thou, Jeremy? Not, not too bad. Just living up the spooky vibes right now. I'm, I'm getting to a point where I'm like, oh, no, I haven't watched this movie yet or this movie. <laughs> so, I know there's not enough time in the world. Uh, no, and I want to get it all in before Halloween arrives. So. I know. Uh, and if you've never listened to us before, Jeremy and I all year round are spooky season, but we love horror films. We love talking about them. And we meet every week to assign the other person a scary movie they've never seen before. Then we go away, we each watch the films, we come back, and we share our thoughts. Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad, sometimes they're absolutely miserable. (laughs) That's pretty good. (laughs) That's pretty good. (laughs) But nevertheless, it's always a blast, because without Jeremy, my year would be that much less spooky. I'd get too busy and wouldn't watch scary movies. So I'm just so, so grateful. Yeah, we always get to do that. I don't know, and that makes me think, We've just wrapped 150 episodes. That's right. So, so I wanted to get real for a second. Oh, no. Get, get real. Uh-oh. But 150 down. Do you have any thoughts, concerns, insights? You Emotional know, anything? outbursts. Emotional outbursts for the people based on that? I mean, that's no, not a small I mean, feat. No, it is no small feat indeed. It is. It's a, an amount of time. And I love it. I mean, I'll like any relationship in life, like sometimes I'm like, oh, God, it's more things to do. I have to make time for this. Mm -hmm. But like all the other passions in my life, whenever I feel that if I just put things into perspective, which my sponsor talks about perspective all the time. But if I put things in perspective and say, like, hey, if all of a sudden this was like sucked out of your life and you, you were told you couldn't have it anymore, like you would be like, oh, my God, like, please, like I would do anything to have that again. So yeah. like, I just have to put it in perspective. But I would have to say, like, almost all the time, I just enjoy it thoroughly. Whenever I'm here in the moment with you, I love it. It's mm-hmm. really just sometimes when I'm strapped for time that I'm like how will I make time for this if only I didn't have to take out three hours of my life to watch scary movies like it's that sort of shit which is so few and far between so so yeah no, nothing other than pure passion and love for being able to spend time with someone else who is as passionate about something as I am and who has slightly different passions mm. within that main passion mm-hmm. which, which is, is like such a great thing which, yeah, I totally agree with that. I love that. I, I was thinking about the fact, too, that, you know, just the horror fandom. It's awesome. Like, it, there's so many shitty things happen in life. Um, and being able to come together and watch some silly movies a lot of the time. But it, it's so much fun <laughs> to be able to do that and have that. And then to hear from the people out there yeah. that write in and talk to us and share this with us. It's It's really really something special i think this horror fandom that exists to watch scary movies 
and talk about them. And, you know, typically, like, if I were at a party or whatever, you know, and I was talking about horror with someone, and they, let's just say it was you or someone who had very similar Mm -hmm. taste than you, we would probably talk, we'd connect on the things we could, and then we'd go our own separate way, and I'd be like, oh, that person loves kaiju, and I don't even know what kaiju is. That would have been my first thing ever if someone had mentioned kaiju to me. Uh, But, like, the fact that we have this podcast, we get to spend time together, and those shares, which is what our podcast is all about, allows Mm -hmm. me to grow and learn which is like something that i wouldn't do just from a typical conversation with someone about or who had different vibes and energy and interests than i do absolutely somebody would give me like watch this movie watch this movie i'd be like yeah 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 and then i'd never watch those movies 100 100 percent. but now we have to we have to (laughs) and i also appreciate i've never once not watched a movie you gave me yeah absolutely we've acted we actually do the work people it's for real we watch every single movie uh so yes all passion all love for you and for this adventure we're on this adventure these listeners everyone out there uh yeah and anyone who's ever listened even once but those who have stuck around yeah um, through the thick and the thin you know we love you yeah we really do you're welcome here and you know Here's to 150 more. <laughs> That's right. Here's here's the six years. Cheers. Clink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Jeremy, let's talk some news first. Yeah. Let's get, get into the news. news. Out of the way, because let's get into the news. Earlier this week, I was on Instagram, and all of a sudden, I see this Instagram post because, as we know, Halloween's been having this bidding mm-hmm. war. And I see this post, and it's like A24 has won the rights. A24 is going to come out with this series. I was so fucking excited. I was like, yes, yes, yes. And then Joe sends me a text, and he's like, "Did you see this?" And the the headline is Miramax wins bidding war. And I'm like, "What the fuck?" So then, of course, I have to do like research, and lo and behold, I don't know who the fuck this like where this came from that this one site was just like false news mm-hmm. fake news wait it's called fake news right what's yep. fake, fake news fake news all of a sudden like and i was like oh motherfucker because i was so yeah. excited no I mean, i'm I, still intrigued of course what i read happened was that uh in the 11th hour miramax made a huge deal like a, a huge offer of money because originally a 24 looked like they had clinched it apparently. And then Miramax okay. came back and was like, we're going to give even more money to get the right. And it's funny though, because Miramax already had the rights. That's uh, yeah. That's yeah. That's why it's like, well, it feels natural, but it would have been more exciting with a 24. Yeah. yeah. Miramax already had that. And in fact, Miramax was a co-producer of the David Gordon green trilogy. Hmm. So they even had a partial ownership up through that. It was just that uh Bloomhouse had been, brought in to co-finance because uh, I think if I remember I don't know I don't know how all this money shit works in Hollywood but uh, I don't Halloween know how was... money shit works in real life yeah, I barely understand <laughs> the economy anyway but I, I, it was because the uh, the last few you know Miramax things were not as lucrative as they had hoped so they weren't putting as much money into it so they had to bring in like co-financing companies to uh, make it happen so that's how it was like Bloomhouse and Universal and you know it was like shared yeah. by like three different studios making those last three but now it looks like Miramax just fully is producing it this go around so I and here's know. what I'll say about A24 like we know they have Crystal Lake is that what it's called yes they are producing Crystal so Lake so we know that they are producing that but we don't know how it's going to be yet so like no. it could be <laughs> just like David Gordon Green like when the Exorcist thing was announced I was so excited because only Halloween 2018 had come out but yes. maybe Crystal Lake's going to come out maybe it's going to be total garbage and we'll be like oh thank god yeah or we'll be like oh man yeah <laughs> so yeah we don't know 
who knows? We'll see. And Crystal Lake needs to, I want to see some movement on that. I'm like, I hope it comes, some more news comes out soon about it. I'm starting to wonder. I know. I'm so ready. I'm so, so ready. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So there's that. Um, did you see the other bit of uh, uh, excitement? Was About they dropped- The Strangers? The Strangers, a scene, which is officially titled The Strangers Chapter One. Which I'm all for. We we hate the, like, you know, I don't know. Like, we've talked about, I think it was the Halloween kills, whatever, and, like, yeah. how you don't know where it is. I enjoy... Chapter one, chapter two, chapter three, without trying to get all stupid with uh, the colon. Yeah. And it, apparently, Rennie Harlan, uh, the director who directed all three, back to back to back, he has said that the first one is a remake of the original Strangers. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that that much we know. He, he said, it, I like, for some reason, I sort of appreciate that, though, instead of trying to be cutesy and be like, it's a continuation or a requel or this or that, you know, he's just like, no, it's a remake of the original. They've just updated it to right now exact you know expressly modern times uh and then he said the next two chapters are just they're just going to keep continuing the story from that first one so See, it's all going to be I'm one excited for that one continuous story and i think that's pretty cool and if it's a clever remake he'll you know like you said it's updated so hopefully he'll do some unique things with it that will mm-hmm. take you by surprise just like yeah. that's why i appreciate the ruins the movie because it it's the adaptation of the book but it swaps things up so you're mm-hmm. like you're like oh well i know what's gonna happen here and then it's like oh no that's happening to different. a different character yeah so like i i'm excited for that and it's it's i didn't know that but having seen some of the stills it makes sense because one of the stills looked like mm-hmm. the live tyler scene when she's standing there smoking a cigarette and yes. he appears behind her yeah did you watch the clip that's out i did and how does it look it looks like it it looks good. I mean, okay. not a lot happens in the clip. It's it's sort of just a redo of the scene. You know, is Tamara there? Is that what it is? Okay, you know, the, Tamara. The, I Tamara, think. that's it. The knock on the door and, you know, it's that. It's, okay. a, re, it's a redo of that scene, but it's kind of like, oh, this is cool. It's yeah. different. Okay. It's staged a little differently, but it's got all the callbacks to the original. So you're like, oh, cool. I'm excited for that. Yeah. Uh, cool. Yeah, I'm. I'm ready. I saw the poster, which I didn't love. Like it looks too much, not like an actual photograph, but not enough like a painting. Like it looks like a bad AI job to me. Yeah. Yeah. With like the the cuts in the door or like the chops in the door in their faces. Yeah. I'm not crazy about it, but I'm still gonna watch the fucking movie. Oh, yeah, obviously. And they did say all three are coming out next year. Okay. So they're doing all three. Oh. In a- in a year, so I wonder if they're yes. going to do like a, a like a Fear Street thing, mm. you know, where it was like one month the first one comes out, then in a month or two the next one, and then you know from there. I wonder if it's going to be something like that. Oh, I'm I'm pumped. Yeah, I, I, I enjoy I the know. Strangers. Strangers is cool. Yeah, I'm glad I, I it's like gonna be a franchise. Masks. Yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of a creepy mask. Which speaking of, I'm going to jump all over the place. Did you watch Totally Killer? I haven't watched Totally Killer yet. Oh my god, it was so much fun. I'm just a big fan of that like 80s comedy, switch it up with a horror vibe, or not even necessarily 80s, because the freak original Freaky Friday is from like the 70s, and Freaky is sort of based on that, mm-hmm. and um, Groundhog Day is really from the 80s, or yep. is it from the early 90s? It might be from the early 90s. No, it might be, yeah, you're right, it might be 1990. It's early 90s. So it yeah. is a particular, but taking a comedy trope sort of thing and turning on its head i'm i'm a big fan of yes i think totally killer nails it and i it, it's like if you watched it as a double feature with the final girls you'd have like the best time oh cool but the cool thing about it is it it's an r rating so they amp up 
you know, all of the, the stuff mm-hmm. in it that like the final girls, while I'm totally support the Friday, the PG 13 rating, um, totally killer goes for the R and I, I dig that. Cool. So yeah, check that shit out. Sad news. Piper Lori died, mm. which fucking love her. So mm-hmm. I was really, really bummed to hear about that. I know she, my husband over on three funny ladies, Joe Bailey, he recently just read her autobiography. So yeah. Oh, wow. Sad news. Sad mm-hmm. news. And then I have a question for you. Yesterday, yeah. Joe was looking like at the the menu on the TV, and he's like, "It's so weird that it's called John Carpenter's Christine." And I mm. agree. Why isn't it Stephen King? I mean, I know John Carpenter directed it, but isn't it weird that it's labeled as such? Yeah, John John Carpenter. I remember reading a thing about that. Like he had had a deal with studios because I think he did all of those with Universal. Okay, uh, and he had like a contract with them where just to get his name out there, he's like, "You have to put my name in front of the movies I make for you." So that's why, like, when you watch the opening credits, it says John Carpenter's The Thing, John Carpenter's Christine. So like a bunch okay. of his movies in that run, uh, in that era in the eighties, say John Carpenter's, and then the title of the movie. So, have you watched Suburban Screams at all? <laughs> yes. Is it bad? <laughs> yes. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, Sarah and I watched the first episode of it and oh. we were like, "Oh boy, this is real cheesy." Oh, like if, no. you, if you like that sort of thing, it's fun. Like it was very silly. Um but it's not like good television, okay. you know what I mean? It's not yeah. great television. It feels just like any of those haunting shows on like Discovery Channel. Yeah. It would be like, I was honored by a goat with you know all these cheesy recreations and stuff. So Okay. Okay. Yeah, so, but we did also watch the new Goosebumps that dropped on Disney. Is Plus. the whole thing out, or is it like so many episodes? It's the first five, and then there's going to be five more weekly. Okay, uh, and it was a lot of fun. I think it had a slow start. Like the first episode was kind of slow, and I'm like, I don't know how I feel about this. But once it gets going, it's pretty fun. How many? I mean, how long is that? Uh, each, like an episode. Each one is uh, a half hour to like fifty minutes. Oh, okay. Because they're all varying like length. They're doing that thing where I'm like, ah, I hate when they do that. <laughs> Every episode is radically different time than the one, you know, before. But but it's uh, it's a lot of fun, I think, especially if you enjoyed Goosebumps or grew up with it. You know, each episode sort of an adaptation of a different book from the series because they're doing this thing where it's a bunch of different characters and they're all experiencing different weird shit that's going on but it's all tied together by one overarching plot about this okay. town they live in so it was it's uh it's fun yeah joe asked me if i was gonna watch it and i don't i just don't have any affiliation to goosebumps mm-hmm. like i mean would it even be rated pg-13 or would it be like pg this one would be probably rated PG-13 because they kind of creepy. Yeah, they edged it up a little bit. Just okay. Some of the content like where the recent movies they did were definitely children's movies like aimed at kids. Uh, and it's funny because it's all the same people that made those movies made this show. Okay. Uh, but this show is definitely looking to get teenagers uh, okay. like as the target audience. So it's a little bit, you know, uh a little bit edgier and some more serious content in there here or there on a similar vibe i over on development hell with our new friend josh Cornga. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> um it was an older episode but they were talking about creep show on shutter and i'd only watched like the first episode of the first mm-hmm. season and didn't like 
there was nothing about it that made me want to come back for more. So I mm-hmm. didn't. But they were talking about how much better the second season got. So I went back and started watching, I think, the first episode of the second season. And it was good. And I'm like, oh, yeah, there's like four seasons out of this now. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I should really like watch this. Have you watched I, all of them? No. I keep thinking I need to check it out because everyone talks up how cool Creep Show is the show. And I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> I know. I always forget about it. I forget about it. But now it's been on for seasons. And, see, and it's been renewed for more, I think. So, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I only watched one and I thought of you because it's all like universal monstery. It, you know, yeah. it's world of that. It, cool. Which are, it's like that the monsters are like look different because they're not. Yeah. Because the copyright. Yeah, but... So it's fun because like Frankenstein looks really unique, but you know it's Frankenstein. Um, and, um, and yeah, and I thought of you, but it was good. And I was like, oh, I'm going to watch it. So like Kevin Dillon was in it, who we just oh. recently talked about. So I was like, yeah, yeah and like Molly Ringwald's in it. Like the guest stars are fun. So I'm like, okay. Yeah. go back to this. I heard there was like a really cool one too, where they like literally took footage, I think from the movie Horror Express, mm. which is a uh, uh, 70s uh, British or maybe 60s British horror movie. It's actually a version of The Thing. It's an okay. adaptation of the short story who goes there, except it's set on a train uh mm. traveling through siberia um but uh in that yeah i i understand they did an episode where they like transplanted characters into that movie using footage from that movie in an episode okay. of creep show and i was like i gotta check that out that sounds cool also speaking of josh corn he talked about this movie campfire tales from 1997 the year uh-huh. i graduated from high school and i found it and watched it and it was fun it does it? my it, it adapts one of my favorite urban legends which is the one where the guy is licking the girl's hand as the dog and he says like mm. people can lick hands too mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. which i remember so but the version i remember as a kid and the version i tell is not the version that i've ever heard anywhere else which is that the, the dog licks so many times to notify Two yes. licks, there's someone in the house. Three licks, this. And then it licks an additional time, and the girl's like, what does that mean? And then looks down, and it's a, a guy underneath the bed. I uh-huh. love that urban legend so much. It's just so creepy to me. Uh-huh. I love it. So um, the movie itself is 1997, but it's like Amy Smart is in it, James Marsden, uh, Christine Taylor from, you know, the Brady Bunch movie. It, it, it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, it is not fantastic, but yes, it's just like one urban legend after another. So mm-hmm. if you love those like good old Josh does, then you should check it out. It was a, a good time. Very cool. And I also went to the movie theater and saw When Evil Lurks this week. Oh, good. You finally saw it. I did. And it was, um, we fucked up. Oh, okay. Yeah. And just like a unique, uh, like just sort of like with terrified, like a totally different story, but like in a different culture, sort of how this sort of possession thing lays out is just so different than like our, our films here that touch on the same topic. Mm-hmm. So it was just fascinating in that way. I was literally the only person in the theater, which was fun. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, I enjoyed it. So it, I think it comes, it's a shutter movie, which was, I think the first time I've ever seen a movie in the theater where the shutter thing comes on at the beginning. And you're was, like, Oh, okay. I'm like, I'm, like, I'm in my own living room, but like, it's yeah. giant. <laughs> um, but I'm, I think it comes out in like a week or something on shutter. I just want to see it in the theater so it'll cool. be out soon enough and finally the last thing i watched was vhs 85 which mm. i don't know why i watch all these movies because i never really like them <laughs> is, is that the new is, is new that a one. new one there's a new yeah. one okay see i've lost track of vhs because they've I done know. so many now that i'm like wait there's another one what I just always watch them because i i like the idea of found footage it's just so 
rarely done mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Or done to a, my satisfaction or to something that, that that resonates with me. And all I've seen is VHS 1 and 2, and then I never kept up on that series. So. Which I think are the best of them. Really, yeah, 2 is the, I think those the, were, the best segment. Those yeah. were decent movies. So I'm like, that's all I really need. But then they just kept making them, and I'm like, I can't keep up on these. I know. So, so many. Uh, there is a kid in the show I'm doing right now. His name's Quinn. And he likes scary movies. He's not like a horror fanatic like we are. Horrorphile, as I like mm-hmm. to say. Um, but he was like, oh, I've been thinking about like what my favorite horror movies are. And he's like, and one of them is The Blair Witch Project. And I'm like, that's so unique because you were not even born when that movie came out. Yeah. And I just feel... Like, I love it so much because it was one of those movies where you didn't get assigned seating back in, you know, 1999 or whenever it Mm -hmm. came out. Like, you had to go and stand in a very long line to get into that film. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It was a very different time. And there was something about that experience, seeing at midnight with a full theater and people screaming and puking that just... Yeah. I loved it so much. And I just feel the youths of today wouldn't get it like that's my old man mentality yeah and he he's like oh my god no i think it's so scary and i was like i love that i love that i was wrong about the kids wouldn't get blair witch project yeah exactly because that feels like even for like me like i was you know a youngster when it came out but it was such a it was such a part of the zeitgeist like everyone saw it i remember my cousin got it on video when it came out so that it was always around you know our like watching experience and it was so scary and talk about urban legend movies because you just felt like it was a real thing like you were watching a documentary like leslie you know found footage mockumentary whatever but like it felt like a real scary artifact that existed so yeah yeah, yeah. So I just feel like it's from a certain era and that generations after us would just be like, I don't get it, but that's good to hear that the kids love Blair Witch Project. And after we talked about Urban Legends with Josh Cornga, and I guess I just never considered it as much that like so much of horror just stems from those urban, urban legends. legends. Yes, it and does. And just like how you can twist them and tweak them and yeah. put your new spin on them. I'm like, oh yeah, that's that's so true. I mean, some are more specific than others, but... So yeah, much but of it is. so much of it is yeah, just based on the idea of like this happened to somebody I know, and then you like you just... plant an urban legend in different soil, and you'll see how it grows. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Hundred <laughs> percent. Shout out over to we were recently guests on only slightly opinionated with yes. Jamie and Joey, and we had a blast. We talked about our top ten episodes. It was a gay old time. Yeah, it was um, fantastic. So I've just babbled on about everything I've seen. Um, Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you've watched? Real quick, you know, I'm just like blasting through everything. My favorites, my seasonal favorites. Um, I did the other night rewatch. Well, okay. We just passed a Friday the 13th. Uh, in rewatching that series, I'm up to, I watched seven Friday, the 13th part seven, the new blood, which generally I've been in past and past watches. I've been like, this one's meh. I don't care too much, but this go around, I felt a little better about it. So I don't know. I don't know what, what happened. What is that? A new blood, the new blood. That's the one with the psychic girl. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And this go-around, I just had more fun with it, where I was okay. just like, okay, I'm really vibing with this one. Like, that's the first time Kane Hodder plays Jason. Uh, his Jason is phenomenal. Like, he adds so much body language to it that you don't see from the prior Jasons. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I just had more uh, more fun this go-around. I was like, okay, this is just cheese. It's 80s cheese. Uh, and for some reason, I've been, like, always ranked that one really low, but it's kind of jumped up a little bit uh in my rankings now um and then we 
not only did we pass a Friday the 13th, then was a Saturday the 14th. So I watched the movie Saturday the 14th. Is it horrible? Which I've never seen before. It's not particularly good. Um, <laughs> it, you know, because it's a parody movie. Uh, it, it did have a few laughs in there that I thought were funny. But for the most part, it is just straight up 80s cheese uh, that just a lot of it just doesn't land. And you're like, ah. They just it just keeps going and, it, and it's only 70 something minutes long, but it still feels oh like forever. Yeah, it feels like forever. But, um, you know, I, I it, it popped up on my radar to finally watch it because it's in in one of the In Search of Darkness movies. They talk about it. OK, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I got to check that out. Finally, I'd always written that off as being real stupid. And it is it's pretty stupid, but I won't lie. It made me laugh a few times. I was at a Friday the 13th party on Friday and they I missed part one because I didn't get there that early. But th- I saw bits of two and three as well. It mm-hmm. was at a party, so I wasn't like 100 percent watching it all the way. But those are so good. Two and three. Yes. really the early days are just so good. Yeah, I, I think like one through four. Actually, yeah, one through four is really solid. Uh, five is uh, I like five, but a lot of people hate five. Yeah, it's uh, talk about one that people seem to be talking about more and more as time yeah, goes on. And people are starting to like really want to talk about that one, but uh and then six is really good. Uh and then sort of like Which all is Jason the, Lives. Yes, Jason Lives. Yes. Oh, it's yeah. so good. That one's awesome, but then the rest are just sort of like everyone whatever you feel about them is how you feel about them. So And I think I've talked about this before. Five and the way it ends, like with like in the hospital or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. That's how yes. it ends. Yeah. It's so weird because I and I think I may have talked about this before, but I remember my friend Justin and I, who was like my little horror fan friend back in like our grade school days, we like remade that last moment on like a VHS camera, like with a mm. videotape. One of us wore a blonde wig and the other one had like a, a Jason mask on. So I remember that moment so well, but I don't remember the twist in that one. Like that came way later in life that I like someone was talking about. And I was like, oh, I don't remember that. And then I'm like, but weird that that's from the movie that we reenacted a scene from. Yeah. How do I not remember that giant twist? Yeah. So odd. Life Strange. is strange. Yeah. Mandela effect. Maybe it didn't use to end like that. Yeah, maybe it didn't. <laughs> now it does. <laughs> what else? What else have yeah. you watched? Oh, and you know, it, oh gosh, what else? Let's see. Uh, I not, a little while back, I watched the uh, the first Final Destination. Mm. Uh, and it's been so long. Oh, uh, Devin Sawa. Seeing that, like, oh man, is he? He's sweaty in that movie. Like that's yeah. all I can think. It's like he's acting so hard. <laughs> he's he a kid stop. in that movie. I should shut up. Yep. He got hotter as he got older. <laughs> yeah, he's like he can't stop sweating and just being real tweaked out. But um, and Allie Larder's in it, or is she only in yeah. part two. She's in part one, right? Yeah, she's in part one, okay. and then she becomes the lead in part two. Uh, but yeah, rewatching that, like I'm not even sure what Final Destination movies I've seen because that series just you know they kept putting them out and it was like through my teen years. So I've seen like bits and pieces of a bunch of them, I think so. But sitting down and rewatching the first one again was like, okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I was like, I remember all this stuff and this was such a big deal when it came out. It's funny to rewatch these movies. Uh, later. Okay. So yeah, that was fun. It was fun. Yeah. I think it still mostly holds up, but it's very ridiculous. Yeah, I'll be curious to see where it goes because a new one is happening, right? They yes, there there is a new one coming, but I can't believe it's been so long. Like they haven't done one in over a decade. That's crazy. Like coming up on 
like 15 years, I think, since the last one. So, and it's like, what new can you do with it? But then you look at Saw, which yeah. shout out to our friends at It's Only a Podcast. I'm wearing their hoodie right now. Um, and I think I talked about before Disaster Baby, um, who's one of their like mega fans, is like doing a residency while Ian is away and they're doing an overkill on the Saw franchise. And it's been so fun to listen to, but it's like they're, they're doing them chronologically. So they did Saw and then they did Saw X, which is fun. And and I'm like, yeah, you can take a franchise that has done the same thing over and over, really, and like do something unique with it, mm-hmm. which I just love so much. Like, it's like, yeah, fucking do that. So let's see what happens. Yeah. The Final Destination, I think, was that one that had a really great twist at the end. Yeah. But then they made a five. Oh, there's one after that? Yeah. Yeah. Because oh, okay. the, the Final Destination is four, but then they made Final Destination five after that because the Final Destination was supposed to be the final movie. And yeah. Then... Like, calm down with these titles. Let's just, yeah. that's why I appreciate chapter one, chapter two, chapter three. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or if, like, if you're going to start putting, like, like Friday the 13th, if you're going to start putting part on stuff, just keep doing it. Like, Consistency, part, part, people. Part whatever. And it doesn't matter if the, it's a remake or whatever. Cause, like, Really, we should look at the Friday the 13th remake. It's part 12. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's what it is. So, Shall we get to our teragrams? Yeah, let's do the teragrams. Yeah, let's. So we got two this week. We each have one. Okay. Um, I'll kick things off with uh, the goth botanist Lauren. Mm-hmm. Talk about a mega fan, right? Yeah. And Lauren writes, excellent episode with Josh. If you speak to him again, tell him the story about how I told Kane Hodder about the Friday the 13th set in the snow. He'll get it. Good laugh. I'm definitely deep in horror camp for Halloween season. I like serious horror all year, but focusing on the wilder side of horror during the holiday season of childish mischief seems appropriate. So far, I've done A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, Exorcist 3, and Puppet Master 2. Mm. We actually sat down as a family to watch Nightmare on Elm Street 2 and all came to the same conclusion of not liking the supernatural possession aspect. I'm actually fine with Freddy versus Jason, where he gets pulled into the real world by waking a character up. But this one just doesn't sit well with our brains from that aspect. I'd never seen Exorcist 3 outside of the horror moment montages. What a strange mix of snarky comedy, true crime, possession, and a very incredible performance from Brad Dorif. Definitely felt like the kooky 80s to 90s horror scene transition where my brain lumps off and together different installments of the same franchise. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3 and 4, Halloween 4 and 5, Nightmare on Elm Street 3 and 4, Hellraiser 3 and 4. Puppet Master is another one of those franchises that I can't keep straight. It has discrepancies that the writers had been trying to address since the second movie, and yet they kept flip-flopping as the franchise continued. I suppose this is a problem with any franchise as they expand the universe to keep the story going. But horror franchises seem especially prone to this. I just tell myself it's all for the fun of horror camp and try to enjoy the ride. Mm-hmm. I think I've only seen the original Puppet Master. Thank you, Lauren, by the way. I think I've only seen the OG Puppet Master. And then I think I started to watch the one with the Nazis in it because I mm. heard it was so good. It's a new one, right? Like it came out yeah. like the last like five years. Well, like Nazis have been a big part of the story for oh, a minute, okay. minute now. But like I know the one you're talking about because they did do one that was like explicitly set during World War II. Yes. Um, yeah. That's more. Yeah. And everyone was sort of raving about it. And I yes. tried to watch it and I was just kind of like, eh, yeah. Yeah. They're, that's like a, killer dolls. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I just the, the franchise as a whole has never appealed to me that much. Yeah. I, I remember I've seen the original Puppet Master as like a kid. 
and then parts of like a whole bunch of them because they used to be on cable all the time. Okay. Uh, so it's sort of just a big mishmash for me where I'm like, I don't know what movie is which with those. Like I've seen parts of a bunch of them, like through the first four or five, whatever it was that was on, you know, television in the 90s. So um, yeah, yeah, those uh, Exorcist 3, I think is you know do some respect more respect nowadays as uh they continue to make terrible exorcist movies you can <laughs> go back and be like actually three is probably like the only good sequel the truly good sequel they've made to it so um yeah, i remember the trailer that. so vividly as a kid mm-hmm. so many years ago it happened to a little girl like i don't know like i yeah. like dare you walk these steps again <laughs> yeah like, i remember the marketing it was in those formative years and I, I mean i watched it when it came out on vhs but like i didn't love it but now like you said in mm-hmm. like hindsight and also just looking at it that it does i mean it went off his book right lesion yeah Legion, but like yeah. the fact that it didn't have like another possessed little kid like it does something different and i yes. they haven't put out like a director's cut though have they because i know they did thing they redid stuff i feel like you told me yes there is shot like things oh i feel like there i don't know i feel like there okay. is maybe or or were those scenes just included i feel like one of these dvd like you know special edition releases of it i think they have some of the alternate footage but i i'm pretty sure i read somewhere like the the fully constructed director's yeah yeah the exorcist 3 blu-ray has the theatrical and the extended director there it is yep the extended director's you own that i don't i should get that one yeah because i know it existed for years where they said that the director's cut did not exist like the prints of it were destroyed or you know nobody had them anymore much like much like they said about nightbreed where then they found it and put it back together and cleaned it up and now like the version of nightbreed that's mostly out there is clive barker's director's cut and is it good it's much better than the theatrical okay. version, I think. Because I remember seeing people talking up Nightbreed. I watched it in college and thought, like, it's not a very good movie. And then I discovered it was like, no, that's the version, like, the studio chopped up and put together, trying to turn it into a different type of movie than it was. So it's very, like, disjointed. Then the director's cut comes out and you watch that and you're like, this makes way more sense as a movie. Like, it's mm-hmm. his actual vision for it. So, okay. yeah, sometimes those director's cuts can make all the difference. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And I'm a fan of Nightmare 2, uh, even though Me I too. feel at its core, it is a little more homophobic than like homo empowering. Yeah. Um, like, especially after watching Scream Queen and hearing the director sort of admit that. Yeah. The, you know, but I still like because of Mark Patton and everything and yeah. because of the Scream Queen documentary. I mean, I just I have a great appreciation and it was my first nightmare movie, but yeah. I'm I'm all on board with the possession not being the the best aspect. Yeah, no, but it's still like that's another run where like Nightmare on Elm Street 1 through 4, I will gladly watch all of those. Those are all like awesome movies and sequels so uh yeah Yeah. that's another series where it's like one two three four all all worth your time i think if you're into the series and then it's after that that you're like "Eh," and a nosedive for a second and then you know uh until you get to new nightmare where it gets better again yep yep all right thanks lauren yeah thanks that was great uh and speaking of mega fans from teacher drew here we go Hey guys, I was inspired by your guest spot on Only Slightly Opinionated. Terrific job, by the way. How did you come up with only 10 favorite horror movies? Not very easily, Teacher Drew. It was, <laughs> it drove me crazy. So, yeah. Uh, and he continues, I accepted the challenge, but had to change it to top 10 most life-changing horror movies. Want me to share? Great. And then here's his list. <laughs> Number 10, The Thing. 
Number nine, The Evil Dead. Number eight, Scream. Number seven, The Omen. Number six, Last Night in Soho. Number five, Halloween. Number four, Alien. Number three, Black Christmas. Number two, A Nightmare on Elm Street. And number one, Silence of the Lambs. Good list, Teacher Drew. Yeah. Each one of these is burned into my psyche with details on my letterbox. Thoughts? Congratulations on your milestone 150th episode, and may you have hundreds more. Till next time, stay happy, stay healthy, stay you, Teacher Drew in Phoenix. Thank you, Teacher Drew, who also just had a birthday. Yes, happy birthday. Yes, happy birthday. And also, we had sent uh, Teacher Drew the copy of Holly, which he got prior to his birthday, so I looked at it like... um. Like it was our birthday present to him, even yeah. though we, you know, awesome. it was given to us to give away. Yeah. Uh, but yes. Uh, and I mean, as far as coming up with the list, like, I mean, I have a, a, a healthy list that I'll send to people when they're like, hey, what are horror movie recommendations? And mm-hmm. I sort of looked through that and just plucked and like, I know what my top two are. I know it's Final Girls and Scream. And then from there, it's just sort of plug and play. And yeah. like we said on that podcast, like it could change day to day. Really. Yeah. Also, great list, Teacher Drew. Other, the only one I can't comment on though is I haven't seen last night in Soho. Me which, either. Which I, know. I hear is people keep talking up. I hear it was awesome. So no, I, I got to check it, it out. So badly. Yeah. Yeah, and Silence of the Lambs is just so good. It it's also, great. I saw it in the theater in sixth grade. I asked my Mormon girlfriend to go to it, and she was like, "My parents won't let me." Uh-huh. <laughs> I could understand why. I can't believe I, I don't. I feel like I might have gone to it by myself. I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. I definitely saw that in the theater. Yeah, and I remember the marketing and Premiere Magazine. Do you remember Premiere Magazine? Yeah, I do. Oh my god, I loved Premiere. I had a, a, a subscription. I loved that magazine so much. It was sort of like bigger than some of the other magazines. The pages mm-hmm. were like larger. Oh yeah, it was a good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yes, good, good list, Teacher Drew. Yeah, right, I well, love it. Anyone out there, if you want to write to us, scaringsharing at gmail.com or follow us on Insta, scaring a sharing. All one word, smash it together. <laughs> and um, tell us your lists. Uh, tell us what you're watching. What whatever, you know? We we love to hear from you. Yeah, absolutely. Anything else, Jeremy? No, I think it's time so to much to talk about. Assign those movies. I know, I know. It's me. I go first, and I, I think it's just time to do it. Do it, Jeremy. Do, do it. you know what I'm going to give you? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to give you Skinamarink. Oh, cool. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Let's watch it. Let's freaking do it. Okay, I know pretty much all about this movie because yeah. it's been in the press forever. So we'll see if I actually like it or not. We'll okay. just cut to the chase. We'll so. see if I do too. Because like yep. I said, I sort of fell asleep in it. So we'll see. Yep. Let's do it. <laughs> and I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm going with the. I like Lauren's idea of watching the camp during hmm. the spooky season. Uh, I was trying to think of some older some of the older movies that I haven't given you yet that are kind of fun. Uh, and this has become like a seasonal favorite of mine over the years that I have fond memories attached to. So uh, I'm going to give you the tingler. Oh, uh, the only thing I know about this movie is the, like the marketing ploy that they mm-hmm. had. I would imagine specific theaters. It couldn't have been every theater. I would yeah. imagine, but that there was a, a gag of the seats would sort of shock you. And mm-hmm. I imagine it was like that, that hand shocker where you sort of wind it up and like, it's not mm-hmm. literally putting electricity into your body. It's yeah, it just, just buzzes. a vibrator sort of a, that yeah. sounds wrong, but a vibrating <laughs> mechanism that yes. just sort of would like, like um you know shock you yep. but not Zach, literally yeah. zing you would just give you a little like ooh what's that <laughs> yep um <laughs> i i just there's got to be stories of like people not knowing this was happening or like the mechanism went awry yeah 
I feel like that's a story in and of itself that there should be a, a film about that. A marketing ploy. Uh, gone I, wrong. Gone wrong. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, and I'm sure there probably is, you know, everything's been done. Everything is old and um, just needs to be refreshed and put yep. out again. Everything old is new again. But I don't, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know if it's ghosts or monsters. I'm going to go with it is some sort of supernatural thing, which I mean, yes, ghosts and monsters are, I guess, both supernatural. I'm going to go more along the lines of a ghost poltergeisty thing and a group of people. I'm thinking like the haunting or something. There's a group of people and and that's what I'm going with. Okay, cool. And they get they get tingled. Tingled. <laughs> All right, well let's watch him and cool. talk about him. Don't you blame the movies? Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. Right. Let's talk about these movies. Yeah. So uh, we're going to talk about my movie first, Skin of a Rink. If you want to just skip ahead to the Tingler, then look in the podcast notes and it will tell you where to go. Okay. All right. So Skin of a Rink, it came out this year, 2023, the year of our Lord. It is directed by Kyle Edward Ball. And the tagline is in this house. And. The description is two children wake up in the middle of the night to find their father is missing and all the windows and doors in their home have vanished. Period. Period. Uh, you know, one great thing about this movie is that it's absolutely like spoiler proof. Like, really, there's just. Yeah, what are you going to say? Yeah, like, what are you going to say that spoils it? Because <laughs> that's really all that happens. That description right there. Uh, if it can be said to have a plot, really. Um <laughs> Yeah, this, this this was interesting. I'll say that. Number one, I'm utterly baffled that this thing has become a phenomenon. Like, watching this, I'm like, the, surely this would have just been a niche oddity uh, for the world. But instead, mm-hmm. like, the fact that, like, it went on to TikTok and became people were saying it's the scariest movie ever made. Which I'm like, if you think this is scary, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, how? Anyway, I'll get to that in a minute. But, um. Really, I kind of wanted to, here's my preamble for how I felt about this movie. So this is like totally an experimental film. Like you would, I would throw this into the category you'd call experimental or avant-garde film. Art house. Um, art house. I mean, the, the point of it is not to have a narrative structure. This is not about narrative. Like I don't think, uh, or if it is, it's secondary to just the artistic expression of the movie itself. Um and, you know, I engaged with a lot of avant-garde and experimental film when I was in film school. And that's like the last I've really paid attention to those genres because you had to study them as part of like film theory. Uh, and they they were always the most challenging to review or even talk about because the fact of the matter is that experimental film and this movie, I would argue, falls into that category it's not concerned with like a narrative structure in any way. Not, not in that uh, you're going to sit there and be like, was this movie effective in that it told a story that I understood or an effective story uh, with characters I cared about or, you know, events that made me uh, uh, empathetic to what was going, you know, in some way 
uh, all narrative fiction film and even documentary films are structured that way normally where you have characters or things or events that you're going to connect to and be able to say a story was told and it meant something to me. Um, An experimental film like this is really like all that matters is what did it make you feel as you watched it um, in the raw form, like any artwork, like a painting or a static piece of art, you know, normally would be a painting or a statue or something like that. You would go look at in a museum and puzzle over. That's like what this thing is. That this is the filmic version of that. Uh, the the rawest artistic like expression and then what did you get from it and I thought it was boring as hell (laughs) I love the preamble and then the um, punchline there you go (laughs) because yeah I described this to my husband it reminds me a little bit of that what colors the dress phenomenon back in the day yeah while that is like oh well one you know, one person, one person would see it as black and purple. The other one would see it as gold and white. And every once in a while I would run it because I was obsessed with that phenomenon. And every once in a while I would want to run across someone who once they were told that it could be this color or that color, they their eyes all of a sudden they'd be like, oh my God, now I see the other one. Mm-hmm. But it's just everyone's so divided on it. And that's this movie. Like, it is insane to me to read the letterbox reviews that are talking about people who were more scared than they've ever been in their life, that they left the theater in utter tears and emotional wreck. Like, mm-hmm. I am like, I was so bored. I was fucking bored by My this. My husband, like, I was like, do you want to try it? He's like, sure. He, like, five minutes in, he's like, is this all we're seeing? Like, corners uh-huh. of rooms and edges of things? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, it is. It is, Uh buddy. And he's like, okay, well, I'm out. So (laughs) I was like, okay, see ya. Yeah. Oh my God. Like, I kept falling asleep again. It like puts me to sleep. It is like that. And there's your experience. And I think it's like the people that are scared, like, there's got to be some sort of psychological thing this movie's doing where it's like drawing out. Like, I wonder if the people that are so freaked out about this, is it like abandonment? uh anxiety do you think because like if there's any narrative thread going on here it's two children wake up and find their parents are nowhere to be found and they can't get out of the house and they're all alone like i wonder if that like is that does that freak people out to people with like abandonment anxieties like i can imagine that would cause them to stir if you're thinking about that but to me i'm like this this seems great i wish people would just disappear (laughs) (laughs) i mean i think it could be that i also think it could feel like some people's nightmares like the way it is shot is very unique which is the one thing i think is very cool about it is that it is unique it is not like any other film i've seen at any rate i'm sure there's other films out somewhat similar to it but Mm -hmm. it is so different in its angles and the way it tells like it is so confusing it's confusing to figure out but it's like is that the point Yes, I've read plenty of theories on what it's all about. And I think there's some clues there to be like, oh, it's yeah. this, the little kid's in a coma. It the kid has a brain tumor. It all of these things I've read theories about. And I mean, I'm gonna just put these out there, okay? Like, I mean, you they're not spoilers because they're not necessarily true. Yeah. But that the kid's in a coma, his mom is so distressed by it that she kills herself, that she's like the monster at the end. 
like I the most bizarre I've read the most interesting and bizarre theories mm-hmm. about this film, but it doesn't make me like it anymore. No, no. I've seen so many reviews. Like you said, I was combing through Letterboxd and people talking about all kinds of theories. And again, this is what they're putting on it. I don't think that it's intended by the filmmaker. I, I didn't see anything online other than, uh, you know, just the barest idea of what he's exposing with the plot. But I think a lot of people's theories are, again, what they're bringing to the table, what you want it to be about, uh, which is like yeah, kind of how these sorts of films work. Again, it's just about how you felt watching it. Um, and, again, and a lot of people keep saying it's like my nightmares or it's nightmare like. And I'm like, my nightmares aren't like this. So this is probably why it's <laughs> why it's totally lost on me as to not be scary whatsoever. It's yeah, weird. No, sure. It's strange, yeah. but it's not. I was not frightened at any point watching this. And there are some unnerving scenes. Like there's a scene where he's talking to like kind of his mom, but it's like weird. She has like her back to us and like there's subtitles to like say what she's saying. And there's some other times where creepy things are like spoken about Mm -hmm. like poking your eye out, stabbing a knife in your eye, which is like creepy, but it's just all sort of disjointed. And it's just like a bunch of, it's a collection of images and moments put together that just feel dreamlike, but to the point where with me, I'm like, okay, I would like to go to sleep now. Yeah. And it feels like this movie could be 20 minutes long. I w- yes. And be this, have the same effect, have a, a achieved the exact same thing. So but I'm no, not, it's an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not sure why that, why that length. I, I mean, who knows? Why do people do anything? Why is art any the way it is ever? But still, it's like the, the fact that that kind of makes me question this <laughs> decision to make it a feature film when it would be essentially the same thing at like 20 minutes, 10 minutes, you know? Yeah, but I like, sure, we can say that. But then look, it like made all this money. Grant, I think it was just because people were talking about it, but it definitely affects certain people very strongly very strongly that that in and of itself is just so interesting weird fascinating like i'm all for it like i mean i bet it affects people who aren't necessarily scared by texas chainsaw massacre and the exorcist like it may affect them in a much stronger way Mm -hmm. for like some unknown reason like that's why it's like i respect the filmmaker for being able to do that but like i personally would have liked it more if it was a 15 minute film i think the trailer is so good the trailer is amazing the trailer it is creepy it is unnerving it is so i fucking love the trailer yeah the trailer is great but then then to see the actual movie i was like uh i feel like i was gypped (laughs) based on you know the that trailer like i feel like it was just uh false advertising yeah i i don't know in a sense i don't know like it the the trailer scared me more than the actual movie does so i'm not sure um but yeah uh uh, like the closest thing i could think of though (laughs) to connect to like what this movie was showing you was of like when you're like if you ever got really stoned and we're home alone and then you were like what if I can't get out of here? Or like, you know, that's, that's it. That's all I could think about. Or you're like, where did I put that thing? What well, didn't I leave it right there? Oh no, it's not. It's over here instead. Like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I was yeah, trying, and- I was trying hard to find it in with this and it just <laughs> wasn't working for me. Yeah. And then just to think like, did the director fully know exactly what was going on? And if 
not was he like here's this collection of images and things like i feel like he had to have known it's just yeah. like when i see like weird pieces of theater sometimes like if i feel like if the director literally is just like jerking off and wanting a, a collection of weird shit to be going on that mm-hmm. it doesn't connect i always compare this to this sort of idea to the um oklahoma revival which was just the most bizarre thing but i could just tell that the director knew what they were doing mm-hmm. even though i didn't get it i appreciated it i can appreciate this but it just does not connect with me yeah but i'm more than anything i'm just fascinated with the fact that it does like strongly with people like it's really you're on one realm or the other yeah and it feels like again taking me back to my film school days like so many people wanted to make this with our like little student films and stuff like everyone was trying to i feel like make something like this where they're like it's going to be like the purest form of art and deeply psychologically affecting um so this really felt like a student film just stretched out to an hour 40 minutes to me but again i respect it like my score my score when we get to it is going to be based entirely just on the fact that i'm glad people make things like this but as far as like enjoyment or this thing connecting with me i mean really none to be had per se yeah i was curious with your film school upbringing how you would react to it yeah like yeah and i can respect that and that was always like my experience there's really only I think a couple like experimental films we watched where I was like, this was an awesome movie. Like most of the time I was sort of like, I can, you know, you can respect the intent or like the technique or whatever the artist behind it was trying to do. Um, But that's the thing with them. They're so, uh, it, 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 it it revolves entirely around the viewer, (laughs) how the, the reaction, how it's going to be received. So um, this guy, he, he struck a chord with the bright film festival audiences that were like, yeah, let's champion this thing. So, and do you recall when it came out, like I watched like it, a a version leaked online, but -hmm. it was like the full version. There weren't like property of, or, and it wasn't like a filmed in the, like, it was like a straight up, like, as if I got the DVD, that Mm -hmm. was sort of the quality of it. Granted, could you tell if it wasn't <laughs> yeah i mean With this particular movie because it's all about being grainy and stuff yeah he put a weird filter over everything so. but there was this big like oh my god it got leaked everybody don't watch it go to the theater support it etc but I, I i i'm just so curious had it not been leaked would it have had the same sort of fanfare yeah I wonder. Because I feel like it could have helped it. I feel like people watching it on like their laptops and stuff. Not to say like you would have a different experience a laptop from a, a theater, but like I just wonder if there that that buzz of oh my god, it's the scariest thing I've ever seen, mm-hmm. and to other people being like oh my god, it's the most boring thing I've ever seen. Like just the fact that two people could watch it and ha- say those things is yeah. just beyond beyond crazy to me. It's fascinating. So for that alone. I respect it for sure. I don't hate this movie. I just, it literally, literally puts me to sleep. Yeah, Twice. it's it's just the sort of movie where I'm like, okay, I've experienced it now, but I'm not sure I'll ever come back to it. In, it will you know. be interesting to see what happens with this filmmaker moving forward. Yeah, I'm interested to see what he does next. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm not sure I'll ever 
really revisit this. Like this does feel like it would be an awesome component to like a multimedia experience of some kind, you know, like where you're in some sort of weird haunted house where you watch some of this movie and then have to move through like a three-dimensional space, you know, and uh, uh, interact with other things and, you know, something like that or, or an installation in an art gallery. I think that was something that uh, on our prior episode with Josh Korngut that he mentioned was he felt like it's the sort of thing that would play as like an installation uh, in an art gallery. So. Yeah, and I I like the use of public domain cartoons because I think they're always so creepy. And I think there's probably like meanings to each of them very much so. But did I care to really dig into them? No. No, they were not. Well, I I mean, one of them was literally of like a rabbit making himself disappear as, you know, objects were (laughs) disappearing in the house. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, there's some connection there going on. So, yeah. I don't know. All right. Well, anything else to say? No, that's, I think that's it. All right. Well, out of five floating Barbies, how many do you give Skinamarink? Skinamarink gets a solid two. That's exactly what I'm going to give it, Jeremy. Makes sense. (laughs) But still, that means you can take it and throw it on the slash heap. Throw it on the slash heap. Yep. I think this is a viewer beware if you're going to get into this. Like, no, you're not sitting down to watch a like normal narrative horror movie. But surely someone we know who listens enjoys this film. I'm going to now go back because I know Christian from It's Only a Podcast. I believe he rated it four stars on Letterboxd. <laughs> so now I got to go back and listen to their episode. Like I said, I don't think anyone's opinion is going to make me change my mind on this because... It's not like, I don't know. It's just not something where it's like, oh, the pieces are put together and now I enjoy it. Yeah, no, this this sort of thing is such an individual experience. Like, I feel like it's just whoever you are and what you bring to it, that's what you're going to get out of it in return is whether you connect to this thing whatsoever or not. So, yep. So true. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, let's move on to your film. All right. Moving on to The Tingler, directed by William Castle. Uh, starring Vincent Price. The tagline is ghastly beyond belief. And the description is after much hard work, a pathologist discovers and captures a creature that lives in every vertebrate and grows when fear grips its host. Scream for your lives. (laughs) Oh my God. This is so, it was such a like refreshing thing to watch after watching Skinamarink. If that's the order you watch them in. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, it just feels like, ah, oh, yes, please. Thank you. An actual movie. <laughs> yes. Oh, shit. It's so nice. It's just silly and campy. And I love, oh, my God, the intro when it just has like people like screaming and one of them looks like the redhead kid from the Sandlot. Yes. Just like it's just all these people screaming and just this whole notion of like within every person, there's this like little organism (laughs) that when you're scared, like crawls onto your vertebrae and then like your screams scared. I'm just like, this is so cool. It's so ridiculous, but it's so much fun. It's like it really is built around the gimmick. Right. Yeah. Oh, like, absolutely. Would they actually have things that shock people, or would they just have people in the theater that were plants? I heard it was a mix of both. Like some theaters okay. literally did have like essentially it was like a joy buzzer in the seat. Um, but some theaters literally just had plants that would start screaming and it would make everybody start freaking out. So 
Yeah, I love those moments where it would go black and it would be like Vincent Price's character would be like talking to the audience like, everybody scream, scream, (laughs) scream for your lives. (laughs) And it's just there's so many silly parts, like when there's this man in it and his wife gets scared to death and like he like it's this whole thing of like not taking her to like the police and not call like he's just like, no, no, I'll handle her dead body. I'm just like that. No. That's yeah, that, not how that works. That whole sequence, though, is real cool where she's, uh, sorry, mild spoilers, but she's dosed with LSD, which is like, I think this is the first mm. film depiction of LSD use. And it's so cool because it's like a black and white film, but there's moments of, with red. But it's yeah. so weird. And the version you watched, when you have those moments where the blood is red is the rest like is the black and white all of a sudden the quality very different yes yeah every time i've seen it it must have been something they did in the process to get that color in there because yeah it seems like the rest of it's out of focus yeah in those moments on the red on the red parts yeah that's how i've always seen it okay okay and this was also i think this was in 3d maybe i can't remember it might have been i don't know um but yeah the uh yeah, the use of LSD in here. This was back in the day in the 50s. LSD was they knew about it and it was still like a research like they used it for psychological research before it mm. got out into the world and became, you know, a recreational drug uh, and changed entirely its profile. So. And what's his name? Warren. Warren. Yeah. It's so fun because he has a very unique relationship with like his wife's sister, Lucy. Yeah. like the his like assistant's wife yes like i just feel like there's a lot of tension between the two of them yeah and then also when she comes home and he's like being like attacked and he's been drugged and stuff she like hears all these noises and she's like oh warren yeah like, <laughs> it's just it, it it's just beyond silly all of I- it I like the quirky, like every time I rewatch this, I've always uh, taken by the quirky uh, personal relationships that are in here. Cause like, you know, Vincent Price, Warren as our hero, uh, his, his wife is just awful. Uh, and they actively are talking about like, oh, I would kill you if I could like uh-huh. to each other. And it's like, <laughs> but it plays like, it sounds horrible, but it plays really like amusingly. Like it's clearly black comedy in the, uh, in the, film itself and i think that's a lot of fun and i feel like back then to have a wife that's just like blatantly out sleeping around like literally right in front of him i mean not necessarily having sex with people right in front of him but kissing guys like right in front of him like it's just like it must have been just wild yeah that's salacious yeah Yeah, exactly so yeah that's kind of kind of wild to think about because this is from 57 i think is the year this came out so and you know what? I was I was reminded of two different films. I was reminded one of like Swallowed slash the Bug Crush universe. Mm-hmm. I was also reminded of Anguish, like how mm-hmm. it goes into the movie theater. Yeah. And it, it's like it's, if you were in meta. the movie theater watching it, the meta-ness yeah. of it. But yeah. like they're watching like a boring, like silent movie. Well, I mean, I guess it's not necessarily boring. There's like people like attacking. But I it's like, why not make it like a scary movie? Yeah, I, I don't know why it's not a horror movie. It's like a weird yeah. west. It's like a it's like a slapstick western or something they're yeah. watching. Yeah, a silent film. So you're like weird. Um, but yeah, I like that there's a bit of commentary, I think, there though, because like William Castle directed this. He was a big producer and director, and he had been in the game for a long time. So when the movie theater owner though is like, 
these silent films are just as good as any of the sound pictures they're making nowadays. <laughs> like, I feel like that's some kind of like commentary from his history of working in the industry for so long. Yeah. I, what fun though, to be around during the gimmick of yeah. the horror the movie theater experience. Yeah. Like the smell vision or whatever it was called. Yeah. It, it, William Castle, like he was known for that. Like, I think one of his movies had smell vision Uh, he did another movie his when he released House on Haunted Hill also starring Vincent Price uh they had people dressed as ghosts that like ran through the theater or like a skeleton would swing down over everyone in a scene that features a skeleton so i just wonder uh, how many theaters like here have that like buzzer in the seat like are yeah. we like one theater in LA one theater in New York like was it just like a handful of places or was it like mass amounts yeah, I wonder. That I don't know about. I, w- I would want to read up further on that and see uh, how it was all done. Yeah, I think he also had another movie I was reading where he would give like, a, if you get too scared, take this card to the, like it was oh. called like the, the coward stand and get your money back or something. Yeah, yeah. And there was also another one where they had a like fake uh, insurance agent there that was selling like life insurance. That it was, <laughs> The movie was so scary, you might die. So they would sell you a you know, gimmick uh, uh, or act like they were selling people life insurance policies. That is so silly. And I just love it. Like, what fun. Like, Mm -hmm. but I wonder if someday, way in the future, when we're old or dead, they'll look back at things like the theaters with like this, um, like the Imagine theaters here. I don't know if everyone Mm -hmm. has Imagine theaters, but they have like, what do they call like 4DX or something? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like Those, seats that like move and shake and the se- seats that shake. Yeah. And the surround sound like built into the seats. And yeah. Have you that. ever gone to one of those? No, I haven't experienced one of those yet. I know. I'm sure there's been horror films that have come to them, but like, that's what I'd want to see. But I'm sure it's mostly like superhero movies. And yeah. Action, action movies stuff. and stuff like that. Yeah. But I want, I want to experience that. And I know yeah. that like, I remember hearing about a th- some theaters for the little mermaid remake or like live action where you would get like hit in the face with like mist. Oh, cool. And that's, I love that. That's the thing. Yeah. I love the idea of a theater gimmick. Yeah. I like that. Bring it back. Get people yeah. back in the theaters by doing immersive things like this. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I love that shit. Yeah, absolutely. Big fan. Big fan. So yeah, just silly, fun. Vincent Price is just delightfully gleeful. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. He's like, he's he's like kind of a bad guy, but he's also not. Like he does yeah. some bad things, but it's always the people who like deserve it. Yeah, he's sort of uh, not villainous, but sinister. He's kind of sinister in this movie, but also our hero. So <laughs> ultimately, yeah. so it's like kind of conflicted, sort of like an early anti-hero, really. Yeah, uh, is what he is. So I, I kind of dig that. Yeah, this one's become over the years too. Like uh, this one's held it. Uh, fond place for me um, because I remember I had never like heard of it or seen it until I was in college uh, and I was on a family trip uh, with my family and I happened to it was uh, uh, we had we had gone up north as people in Michigan often do uh, to up to Gaylord Michigan uh, if anyone's familiar uh, nice area in the upper the tippy top of the lower peninsula beautiful up there but my family had always gone there for years and years but like it was the last time i went and we stayed at the property we always went and stayed at um and it was around halloween uh and i uh i had uh i roomed with my aunt um 
who, who is no longer with us. So that's part of why I like hold mm-hmm. this memory so dear. Um, but we were watching, I think it was Turner classic movies uh, on the television in the, the cabin uh, we were staying in. And um, it was a Vincent Price night and the Tingler was on. And she was like, oh, this movie's great. If you've never seen this, watch this. So we watched the Tingler and I was like, holy cow, this is wild, uh, you know, for a fifties, like sci-fi movie. Uh, so I've always fondly remembered it ever since. And I like, uh-huh. I love it. I love it around Halloween time. Uh, Cause it's like the right mix of campy, uh, campy, scary, silly fun. Yeah. I, yeah. I concur. I think that's a sweet story too. Yeah. There you go, guys. And yeah, there's something more fun to like the William Castle approach. Not that I dislike Alfred Hitchcock, but like how he, his would be so serious though. Like in his yes. like little trailers talking about like psycho or whatever. He's like, I, I can't do an Alfred Hitchcock accent, but he'd be like, yeah. in this house, and now I'm going back to Skinner Rink. Yeah. Like if you talk about like psycho or whatever, yeah. and it was always very serious. And here there's just good, such an good evening. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. There's my Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> so yeah, I just really I dig the the silliness here. Yeah, William Castle, it, it's great that you make that comparison too, because I find a lot of film people always compare the two as like different sides of the same thing, where mm-hmm. like Alfred Hitchcock turned himself into a celebrity filmmaker by like inserting himself into his work and like, you know, hosting his trailers at the beginning, there'd be a little announcement from him or some of his movies start with him, like on a stage addressing the viewer. Um, but he did it. It was funny, but it was really wry, dry, yeah, sensitive humor. Uh, whereas William Castle was a lot more like uh, PT Barnum, sort of like a, a carnival barker with yes. what he was doing. So it was, yeah, the same thing, but different methods of going about it. I love that. That's a good comparison. Yeah. So, and yeah, yeah. It's a lot of fun. William Castle, I've watched a bunch of his movies now, and I think they're all like, they're all a lot like this, <laughs> like really campy and over the top, but fun. So uh, I might have to pull some more out. And I think the monster itself, if that's what you'll call it, is mm-hmm. I think it's creepy. Like, I mean, it's sort of hokey looking back then, but yeah, there's but some it is. times when it is kind of gross and creepy. Yeah, it works just perfectly. Like, like you're, a big yeah. worm sort of thing. Oh, yeah. And th- like when he's passed out on the couch and it's crawling on him. Yeah. Like, oh, that's so skin crawling because I hate that sensation when you feel a bug crawl on you when you're asleep. Like, it, that's Ew. the worst. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I dare say of these two, the Tingler scares me more than Skin of a Rink does. <laughs> so, there you go. Good times. Mm-hmm. So uh, anything else to add about the Tingler? No, I oh. enjoyed it. Thanks for the, the palate cleanser. Yeah. So out of five cracked vertebrae, how many do you give it? I'm going to give it three and a half cracked vertebrae. And I'm going four, so... All right! That's a solid... Scare of approval. Scare of approval. Yeah, buddy. Cool. Check it out. I think the Tingler is perfect for Halloween time. Uh, like This is definitely the okay. sort of thing, you know, watch your scary shit and then throw something like this on as a palate cleanser. It's yeah. great. Great fun. Or watch it with the kids or whatever, you know, if you want a more family... Uh, I think, well, they use LSD in it, but the kids don't have to know that. They won't understand. They don't straight up say that, do they? <laughs> no, they don't say that. I think they use the, uh, um, uh, the site the, like, they're like lysergic acid or something like, and you're like, oh, that's okay. LSD. They use the actual chemical name, but that's what that was. So. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of, a lot of good. Yeah. So 
Check it out. Heck yeah. All right. Well, write to us, scaringasharing at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts on these movies, what you want us to watch, what you've been watching. What do you want to share with us and our listeners? Yeah. What do you think of Skinnamarink uh, and and William Castle gimmicks? Uh, any any stories to share there? So, Or as I said way back in the day, Skinnama stink. Ooh. Skinnama stink. It's hard to say. Sick burn. <laughs> Sick burn, brah. Yeah, stink-a-marink. <laughs> stink-a-marink. All right. And remember, I'm scared to close my eyes. I'm scared to open them. Well, and also remember, a scream at the right time can save your life. <laughs> and keep watching and talking about scary movies because... Scaring is sharing! Bye! Uh... This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.